Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2361. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Elk Ridge, Utah, with a very special guest by the name of Tim Stevenson. Tim, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Oh, I'm ready. The clutch is ready to go. Cool. What I should say is, do you have your torque wrench in hand, uh, your impact wrench, or toolbox because what we're going to be talking about today is something very cool that you're doing and before I give you the proper introduction what's one little thing that people don't know about you Tim? Something that people don't know about me is that I've got five kids. I look fairly young and so people are surprised to find out I've got five kids. Wow well that's a houseful. I grew up in a house with just a sister and my wife and I we have Two children, they're now grown adults, but what's one thing that stands out for somebody in a household that has five kids? The I would say the biggest thing that stands out is how unique each of them are. I, you can't explain it until you experience how unique each kid is and how their needs, their communication style, it's all very specific. Yeah, isn't it interesting that you always say people grow up in the same house and they end up being so different same parents, same environment. Now, I know sometimes parents treat kids differently depending on gender sometimes or ages or things like that. But the fact that we're all born with these kind of things about us that just yeah. kind of blossom and come out as as we're raised. I would think also being a sibling with four other siblings as each of yours yeah. probably gives them a unique perspective over like myself just having a sister who I typically never wanted to pay attention to because she was <laughs> this, this girl and I wanted to hang out with all my guy buddies. So that's got to be kind of fun for them as well. Yep. Yep. It is. They, I think they love it. I think. Well, most of the time. Sometimes you get that uh, sibling rivalry, but I think some of that's a little healthy. They, they learn things yeah. through that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. well, congratulations to you and your wife. What a wonderful life uh, you've been blessed with, for sure. So let me give you an introduction here. Tim Stevenson is a YouTuber and produces a show called Decent Garage, where he works on automotive projects in his home garage. The show's focus is on 12 valve Cummins engines and trucks. Interesting. The underlying mantra on Decent Garage is, if I can do it, anyone can. So we've got a humble guy here today, which is kind of fun. <laughs> By day, Tim is a doctor of physical therapy with a national board certification in orthopedic physical therapy. He's also on the tail end of earning his PhD in health science. Congratulations. Tim teaches a physical therapy program in central Utah and practices PT uh, contracting with local agencies in his area. Despite his success in the healthcare industry, his true passion, well, one of them, lies in working on projects in the garage. His mechanical knowledge is all self-taught from years of reading on forums, watching plenty of YouTube shows, and seeking advice from other mentors in the industry. It was first-gen Cummings trucks that sparked his passion for mechanical work, and these trucks are still the focus of his hobby and wrenching today. And by the way, we've got a little tie into a past Cars Yeah guest. You guys will remember Joker, who was on the show, who is a pilot for the United States Air Force. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Sit tight, buckle up, grab your wrench. We're going to have some fun. 
Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. You know what? We are all wired differently, and not everyone needs to go to a four-year university. Technical education and the skilled trades matter, and one can build a solid career as an auto, diesel, or collision technician. There are no longer blue-collar jobs, they're new-collar careers, as the technology and skill sets have become so advanced. Support career and technical education by getting involved with TechForce Foundation. It's a Cars Yeah! charity of choice. Learn more at techforce.org. So, Tim, uh, we are back. Now, on top of being a physician helping people, which is quite wonderful, I have lots of friends who are in the medical industry, but we're not going to talk about that today, although I'm going to have you kind of explain why you got into that maybe a little bit, but I want to dive into your garage because that's what brought you and I together. That's what Carsia is all about, but let's take a step back first. What brought you into the medical industry? Obviously, you like to help people. Yeah, I, I love to help people. I... Grew up actually in undergrad. I studied landscaping. I love manual labor and getting my hands dirty and sweating. And but at that time, the economy took a turn in two thousand eight, and so I I wanted to get into an industry that was a little more stable. So uh, I got into healthcare. I got into physical therapy, and I haven't looked back. I absolutely love helping people, especially when they're at a point where they're in a lot of pain, a lot of disability. Um, they're, they're looking for people to help them. And I like to be the one who shows up and is able to do that. Well, I think it's wonderful. And it's very interesting to me how this transitions into your, what I'll call a side hustle, uh, that you're doing. And I love having people on the show that I'm not going to call you an outlier because I've had plenty of people who have side hustles that are in the automotive industry. I have a good friend who's a neurosurgeon. In fact, he's a pediatric neurosurgeon, but he calls himself a mechanic. 
And I said, Bill, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you know, I'm a skull cracker. I crack open the skull. I go in, I fix their brains, work on orthopedic, you know, on their, on their spines. Um, and then we button them up and I go on. So I'm kind of just a mechanic. And I went, okay, well, that's a little bit humble. <laughs> but what he loves is getting in the garage and working on his car. So I see some correlation here between you, my friend Bill, and people that love to get out and, like you said, get your hands dirty. So what got you started on Decent Garage? That's a great question. So what got me started in this passion was actually when I was in physical therapy school here in Utah, and I got my assignment to do clinical rotations in Mississippi. Uh, so across the country, and I was thinking, how am I going to move my wife? And at that time, we had one kid. How am I going to move all of our stuff? And I started pricing U-Hauls, and it was going to be 2500 bucks one way and 2500 back. And uh I'm cheap. I'm very cheap. And so me and my buddy, who's my classmate, we said, we should just go buy some first-gen Cummins, some old trucks, get a trailer and pull them down there and pull our stuff down and back. And so that's what we did. And it worked out, saved a bunch of money, and I fell in love with the truck. Interesting. Well, a uh, sharp guy, no doubt. You got to be a sharp person to be in medicine. But I, I love the uh, ingenuity and the fact that what you do now is in a way like you do with your medical practice is you help people. In your case, you help people work on vehicles. Now, I got to talk a little bit about the Cummins trucks. W where did that passion come from? Um, I don't know. That's uh, I'd really like the 12 valve engine. It's very simple. Um, when people talk to me, they start asking questions about gas engines, and that is completely foreign to me. I don't know about, distributor, about distributors and uh, spark plugs and all that stuff. I can do the basics, but it is foreign to me. But a 12-valve Cummins, I've done everything from build a motor to paint the truck. Anything and everything, I've done it. So some, for some reason, I feel a little more comfortable and confident with that, that platform. Sure. Now, you started your YouTube uh, channel in 2020, is that right? Yeah, 2020, January, right before the pandemic hit. Yeah, I was going to say, something happened in 2020, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. um, you talk about, you know, 2008, that that uh, uh, financial meltdown, uh, and that necessitated what you did there with your practice. But uh, starting a YouTube channel in 2020 actually was kind of sharp because people were stuck at home and they were on YouTube, they were online, they were doing things for themselves because nobody felt safe going out. So I think in a way you kind of planned that pretty well. Yeah, I won't actually take credit and say I planned it. I yeah, started please don't it. Don't say don't take credit for COVID. No, you don't I, want to you don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I started it in January just thinking it's time I should do something, but the pandemic hit in March. Uh, I got put on remote work for the next year and a half and so I had the time to film and edit and do all that stuff and uh yeah, a lot of YouTube really grew during that time because everyone was at home. So the timing was really good, but I didn't necessarily plan it um, that way. It just worked out well. What's been some of the surprises that you've learned since you've started your own YouTube page that you didn't quite expect? Um, I would say two things. One is it's harder than it looks. Uh, lots of people see these big channels, very successful and think they can just start and they'll get to that point. Um, I've seen so many people come and go. Um, I've also seen people when my channel was tiny and I'd look at them and say, I'm never going to be a, as big as that channel. And I've surpassed them and they've completely burnt out at this point. And so it's, it's a, you got to play the long game. It's an endurance race. 
Well, definitely. The other surprising thing from starting the YouTube channel is the connections I've made and the, the, the networking. I've become pretty good friends with not only a lot of other automotive YouTubers, but some pretty uh, knowledgeable people in the diesel industry and in the Cummins industry, a lot of the distributors and, and manufacturers of parts. And so it, it's very nice to have that network and feel like I'm kind of in that scene a little bit. A lot of similarities to podcasting because I've been doing this a little over nine years and I've had people come and say, well, I want to be a podcaster. And I say, okay. And some have even hired me to train them on all the components. And in almost every case, and there's been a little over half a dozen, they've gotten halfway into it and they went, this is a lot of work. Yeah. You add the complexities of video and video editing, it adds another layer. I did a whole year of Cars Yeah television that was on MAV TV, and then COVID came and killed that project. But how difficult that is, how expensive it is. I'd have a crew. We had to fly all over the country. Uh, even doing it at home, and I've done some uh, some videos that ended up on YouTube for uh, uh, sponsors like Covercraft and so forth. It takes time to do it right, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it takes time to do it right, but it's also very fulfilling when you put so much work into a project and filming it and you get done filming it and feel like, man, I was all over the place on that. How's that going to turn into a good video? And then you get on the computer and you make a really cool video out of it. Every video I publish, I'm very proud of because Should be. um, I, I make sure the product is to a high standard and as best as I can do as someone who's not trained in editing. But so I, I really like to try and put a good product out there that's enjoyable and educational. Well, you do a great job. So bravo Thank to you. you. Yeah, it's a, it is, it's a lot of work, all this stuff. Well, one of the things that brought us together was a guy named Joker. And for those of you Cars Yeah listeners that remember a month or so ago, I had Joker on the show. That's his call sign. Uh, he's a U.S. Uh, Air Force pilot. Uh, awesome guy. He's a, he was another outlier a little bit to you because his career wasn't in the automotive industry, but he had linked up with Linkage Magazine, which is a sponsor here, uh, Donald Osborne, Jay Leno, those folks. Um, and he loves cars. And that's how you and I got together. And you said one of the benefits of what you do, and I definitely have experienced it, is we meet so many cool people in the automotive right. world. So here you and I sit. Now we're friends in the car world. Joker brought us together, but Joker had a little of an incident with his truck. Can you talk a little bit about what happened there? And then we're going to dive into what you're going to be doing starting this month with him and a build and a lot more. So how did this all happen? Yeah, great question. So Joker approached me eight months ago or so, emailed me, and just kind of uh, floated the idea of, hey, if I paid you, could you do some work on my truck? And I get these emails multiple times a week. And my personal stance on that is at the moment I start doing this as work for other people, it stops being fun. So I turn everything down that comes in like that. But I turned Joker down and uh, he wrote me back and said, let me clarify. Let me give you some details. And uh, his ideas were right along the line with what I like. He had a great budget. Uh, his timeline worked well with where I was planning my projects. So things lined up and uh, essentially we agreed to do it. And we've been prepping for this that's starting right now. I just picked up the truck. But about a month ago, funny enough, the truck was in great condition. It's a 1993 Dodge Ram W250 single cab long bed. 
um, four-wheel drive. About a month ago, he was in Vegas doing some training for the Air Force, and a Tesla pulled out and cut him off. Yeah, I heard about that. I'm so glad he was okay, and the Tesla driver for that matter. <laughs> yeah, he, he was okay, but got some interesting and unfortunate damage to a lot of original parts on the truck. But it just gave us more incentive to go through and, and redo this truck and, and rebuild it, kind of a resto mod style. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, because when he called me and told me what happened, and this is after he'd been a guest on my show, and now I feel I've got a, I've got a friend in the I think everybody who meets Joker has a, but, a buddy there. He's he's right. such a down-to-earth guy. Uh, he told me what he was doing, and he said, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna team up with Tim, and I'm trying to look for maybe some help and, and turn this into more than just a Restomod build-fix type thing, but end up doing a SEMA build. Something we can present at SEMA in 2024, and I've been to 31 SEMA shows now. I've walked a lot of halls in that place. And people bring these wonderful bills to show, and I went, you know, this is kind of cool because we can talk to, or you can talk to, all the different people that supply parts and things for building restorations and resto mods. And maybe we can turn this into something more than just a project and I won't say use Tim, but have Tim be a part of it so that he can showcase and show what's going on through his uh, experience. So maybe we take a quick walk through some of the many things you're going to be doing because you're basically going to take this thing, if I understand right, all apart and rebuild it, but you're going to do some cool stuff, right? Yeah, that's so first to start off with, I, I've i always been kind of anti-SEMA, especially in the truck world, because a lot of trucks go there and they're just huge 26-inch wheels kind of tiny crazy, rubber yeah. tires and just not practical. And I'm a practical guy. Um, but when we talked about this and the details for this build, I think it will fit the platform of SEMA, but be something that a lot of people can relate to. So yeah, the plan with the truck is to completely rebuild it, but have it appear stock. Joker said his goal, he wants a truck that he can daily drive and also he can something he can pull his enclosed trailer up the steepest grades through Colorado and not have to worry about anything. So, so yeah, I'm going to tear it completely down. Um, I've got some help from other content creators as far as I've got a team in Texas who's going to be doing the engine build. It's a P-Pump 12-valve Cummins. I've got a guy in Texas also who's going to be building a G56 uh, six-speed transmission, manual transmission. I've got a painter in Price, Utah, who does phenomenal work. He's going to do all the paint. I'm going to tear down the, the frame and do get it through powder coating. I've got a guy from Pennsylvania who's well-known among 12 of Cummins for his work with bodywork and suspension. And we're going to rebuild the suspension and take it from leafs up front to a three link up front and longer springs in the rear with airbags. So it just rides a little bit better, but overall it's the paint job is going to stay the same. It's going to be repainted, but it's going to be a white truck with a two-tone silver stripe and red pinstripe. So it should look fairly classic still. To the naked eye, it's not going to look like this overly built truck, but it'll be very, very capable. You know, I think this is a trend that's kind of been happening over the last five, six, seven years, and I've seen it with a lot of guests on my show. People that take old classics like Broncos and, I mean, you, you go, you can go crazy like uh, Rob Dickinson's Singer Porsches, reimagined. Uh -huh. That's another level million-dollar cars. But there's a lot of people, and, and, and even Jonathan Ward at Icon, who takes some amazing old cars and makes them kind of look old, but 
everything is kind of new. So in a way, that sounds like the focus here, something that becomes more drivable, because especially for people like, well, I'll call myself a little bit older, a little more mature, <laughs> maybe a classic. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but the fact that a lot of people, when they get older, they think back to their youth and they want a vehicle that they really wish they could have when they were a kid or even when they were a young adult, but they've got a family. They couldn't afford to have those toys. Now they have a little discretionary money, but then when they go drive them, they go, this doesn't drive very well. Right. <laughs> this, right. In fact, this kind of sucks. And right. uh, But now we got people doing like what you're doing and so many others that are making things enjoyable, drivable, comfortable. They can pull trailers. Uh, I've had people from Vintage Air on the show where they put air conditioning systems that actually work and they blow cold. So I think this is very normal because, yeah, some of the SEMA builds are pretty crazy, pretty wild, and, yeah. and not very practical. Yeah. But I'm seeing a lot more. Like you can take Bogey, who builds trucks with a bunch of all-girls garage, and they bring trucks that are really cool. They look old, but they've got a lot of new stuff inside of them. Some of them might have LS engines, who knows, whatever it is. But it sounds like that's the kind of build you're going to be doing, right? Yep, exactly. Just something that's uh, it's going to last forever. It can perform on par with the, the current truck lineup from the major manufacturers. Uh, it'll be comfortable and fun to drive. Yeah, very cool. Well, I think what we should do here is for any listeners out there, and if you've got companies that supply parts and things, I'll put uh, contact links onto Tim's show notes page on the CarShow website so you can reach out to him. And in a way, if somebody has contributions they want to do, they want to send parts or pieces, or in the case of what you've already got lined up, they can reach out to you. Is that true? And talk to you about what your needs are going to be, what Joker's needs are going to be, and then their products will get highlighted. Yeah, that uh, that would be great. We've actually just to stoke that fire a little bit. We've got um, Banks. Gail Banks is on board with the build. We've got Hamilton from Texas builds cams and push rods and tappets. So a lot of the internals, of the engine. Um, Kelderman who builds airbag suspensions for trucks. So we've got some big guys willing to help out with this. So we'd love to get any help we can. Or if anyone wants, thinks their product would fit this build, we'd love to um, establish some communication. Well, there you go. Awesome. So anybody out there that wants an opportunity to have products showcased uh, on this build, you can reach out to Tim and uh, be a part of the build, which would be cool. And then uh, by, oh, I guess it would be October 2024, the truck will go off to SEMA and be debuted. Exactly. Yep. We started this week. I picked up the truck and uh, the goal is to have it done 12 months from now nice. and have it be in SEMA 24. This is going to be so cool. Well, one of the things I want to talk about is more about you here and what makes you tick. And one of the things I love to ask is for maybe some kind of a driving inspiration in your life, a mentor or someone who's been very influential or helpful to you to help you get to where you are right now. Is there somebody like that in your world? Yeah, I was trying to think of, of that as I was prepping for what we're going to talk about. And I thought back, there's, I would say the biggest inspiration for how I've gone down this route has been my uncle and my dad. Um, back when the economy crashed, my dad had just retired and my uncle, um, they both kind of got into the auto transport business, uh, hotshot trucking, I guess you could call it. And they both had, uh, Cummins trucks. And I remember driving my uncle's truck and just realizing that diesel torque, there's just nothing like it. And so I talk a lot with him and, uh, he educated me a lot. And, uh, now at this point I run circles around him, but we still love to talk. 
Yeah. Well, very cool. Be careful who you might help. It might just make them a success, <laughs> which is a wonder, yeah. wonderful thing, which goes back to the beginning of our talk here of you liking to work in an industry where you're helping people through physical therapy, but also through your YouTube channel. So there's a reoccurring theme that I've seen here on Cars Yeah of how people make their life successful. Find a way to help other people. Uh, it's very, yep. very rewarding. Now, how about challenges? As you've done your YouTube channel and as you've put this all together, we touched on this. No doubt there's some challenges involved. Is there one that really stands out for you, but in a way has taught you an awful lot? Yeah, there's a great example that just happened last week, actually. On Saturday, this past Saturday, there was an event that I was preparing for with a dyno competition where you strap the vehicle to the machine and see how much horsepower it has. And so I was doing a bunch of modifications to my truck to get some more horsepower. I was doing a cam and tappets, push rods, uh, an injection pump, a lot of stuff deep down in the engine. So I worked hard all week, pulled three really late nights. And uh, Friday night, 11 p.m., I finished up and I needed to leave for the event 5.30 a.m. the next day. Oh, my gosh. That's, so, that sounds like a traditional SEMA build, cutting it short. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I fired the truck up and it was running great. And I turned it off and I was looking around and the tappet cover was just leaking oil like crazy all over the floor. Um, and if you know these engines, the tappet cover is not in a convenient spot. You really have to tear everything apart to get to oh, it. And no. so... I kind of threw in the towel, called my brother, said, I'm not going to make it to the event. Um, I'm hanging it up. And then I called my buddy who I met through the channel, who's helped me with a lot of stuff. Uh, his name's Cade Whipple and told him about the situation and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to call it quits. I, I, it's too late. I'm not going to make it to the event. And he, he paused and said, Tim, you can't quit. Almost like a slap in the face of like, how could that even cross your mind? And, uh, it kind of woke me up and, and I said, fine, I'll, I'll do it if I have to pull an all-nighter. And I stayed up till 3 a.m. and got it all fixed, fixed the tappet cover, wasn't leaking, made it to the event, took my son for his first time to any of the events that I go to, and he absolutely loved it. Um, so it turned out to be a really great uh, story and situation that I was going to give up on. Well, awesome. Uh, you know, I just had a guest on the show a few weeks ago that shared a similar story. He worked for a, a a little known guy named Roger Penske. <laughs> and uh, he was a uh, part of his racing team way back in the day. And when, you know, they've done endurance racing and they had a car that crashed and uh, they came in and half the front of the end was missing. And the mechanic said, well, I think we're done, Roger. And Roger Penske said, no, we're not. And they went down and they stole some parts off of a car that had crashed and took some, they actually took some broomsticks and made some suspension components and went back out and ended up finishing third. A, oh my yeah, goodness. it was the Sebring. It was the Sebring 12-hour race. Um, so, you know, it's typical to most things I've heard about racing guys, but mechanics too, like you, never, ever, never give up uh, to right. quote Winston Churchill. And look what happened. And you had a great experience with your son. And what a great lesson to teach your son too. Uh, yeah. Perseverance. Yeah. Tenacity. Yep. Uh, Bulldoggedness, I guess we could say. Yeah. So. Very cool. Now, is there been a special vehicle in your life that really stands out? And if so, could you share maybe a story about that vehicle? Yeah. So the truck I bought when I was in physical therapy school that I referenced earlier, um, it was an extended cab long bed first-gen Cummins. I love that truck. Um, but the first job I took as a physical therapist was in North Pole, Alaska. So way up in the middle of nowhere. 
I drove the truck up there. It did great. But then, as I said at the beginning, we've got five kids. So we started having more kids and I couldn't fit them in that truck. Yeah. And uh, I loved the truck so much and I didn't want to get rid of it. So um, I looked for the Dodge made a crew cab of the first gen body style until 1985. So it never came with a Cummins platform in it. But I found one of those. And I, in a five-day period, I swapped the whole thing over and built built that, or transplanted all the powertrain into the crew cab and built the crew cab so all the kids could fit in it. Oh, my God. How yeah. cool. Some ingenuities happened. Yeah, yep. And that way I was able to keep my truck and fit the kids, and it's been that way ever since. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's fun. I love it. What a great story. Well, I'm going to be a bit of a car psychologist, as I tend to do here on Cars. Yeah, and crawl into your head a little bit. If you were reincarnated retruckinated, I should say in your case, manifest as a vehicle, what would you be and why? Um, that's a great question. Uh, trying to differentiate that from my dream vehicle. But right, I th- yeah. <laughs> I think my personality fits that of a first-gen Cummins pretty well. I think I'm pretty rough around the edges. I'm not super refined, despite being in the healthcare industry and having almost multiple doctorate degrees. And uh, I, I'm fairly rough around the edges still, but I keep on trucking. I, I like to consider myself someone who just makes the best of every situation. Very optimistic. Uh, things always happen for a reason. And I like to uh, kind of just go with the flow as far as that goes. And I feel like that's how these trucks are. They just keep going. They don't put up a fight. They don't complain. They just do what they need to do to get the job done. And I feel like that fits my personality pretty well. Very cool. I like the way you uh, you frame that. Works really nice. And I like to ask how people love to give back, and we've kind of talked about that today. You give back by helping people in the medical industry who who need help, uh, but also you figured out your side hustle is all about giving back. So you are you are all about giving. Yeah, yeah. So apart from the medical industry, um, I didn't go into the YouTube stuff necessarily with the goal of giving back, but it's really turned into that. Um, I get emails multiple times a day. I get messages on Instagram, Facebook, comments on YouTube all day, every day. And it's been very fun to be able to um, be able to help people with some of these questions that they have that are difficult for them that I've faced before, but because I have experience with it, it's something I know and I'm able to shed that light on the situation and they're able to get through it. And so it's fun to be a person that helps them through that difficult struggle in regards to these trucks at that time. It's really fun. Super rewarding. Absolutely. How about great reading? Is there a book you've read that you've find uh, has been great help to you and maybe we could share that with someone else yeah um this one is one i've read because of my job but uh probably the most transformational book and helping me be successful has been the book called crucial conversations um and it really goes into why we should just talk about things and have conversations in instead of making assumptions about what another person is thinking and making assumptions about how they may react to how we're thinking, just get everything out there and talk about it. And that's usually how um, we're successful with navigating some of those situations, but also both parties involved usually end up satisfied by talking through it. You know, it's a pretty simple concept. Uh, That book's by Joseph Grenny. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's a relationship here to a book that I love, and that's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. 
uh, which is another well-known one. And my favorite habit, I think it was number five, is first listen to understand, I should say, and then speak to be understood. I would think that crucial conversations probably ties quite well into your role as a physical therapist because we've all had physicians, maybe not we all have, but I've had a few that you feel like they're not listening to you. You know, right. It's like, well, I'm trying to tell you something, you know, and they just jump into, well, here's the solution and so forth. But those physicians or people in our lives that have crucial conversations and listen to us, we've got to also strive to be good communicator, right? Because I'm assuming we all run across people that just get to the point. What are you trying to tell me? I have no idea what right. you're trying to say. So, uh, yeah, it's a great book. You know, I don't think that book's been recommended here either. So I'm glad. Oh, that- good. Yeah, I'm glad you brought a uh, new book to the show. And by the way, listeners, for those of you who don't already know, you can go to the Cardio website, click on the resources tab, and there's a tab there that's called Guest Recommended Books. There's over 3,000 books listed there with quick, easy links to buy. Some wonderful books that my inspiring automotive enthusiasts have shared with us today. And now we've got a new one, Crucial Conversations. So let's go to the ultimate drive. I'm an enabler, and this is kind of fun. I'm going to provide you with any vehicle in the world. You could take it on a trip anywhere, and you could take anybody with you, including somebody from the past that's not with us anymore. So for a truck guy, am I going to be buying you a truck, and are you going to go on an adventure, or are you going to delve out into something different? Um, I'm just going to have you pay for gas so I can drive my truck, I think. <laughs> um. <laughs> You're not quite the, not quite the uh, cheap gas drive, huh? <laughs> No, I just I love driving my truck. I've driven it from Florida to Alaska and back. I take it on road trips multiple times a year. It is my favorite thing is to road trip my truck. Wow. So that's what I would be driving and where I'd be going, I would drive the Alcan again. That was the most beautiful drive I've ever done. Uh, it took us five days. Um, I did it in my truck a few months after I finished building it. So it was a little nerve wracking because I hadn't worked out a lot of the kinks of swapping it to a crew cab but now that it's all set set to go it would be much less stressful okay and i think i would this answer may have been different last week but this week after my son went to that event with me over the weekend and loved it so much i'd take him with me Um, i think i think he's to the point where he would love to have that time and be in the truck and see all the different sites and so that's who i'd take with me well, that would be awful nice, yeah. So I'll just uh, hand you a credit card. Go have fun. <laughs> Whatever you guys want to do, enjoy it. I took a similar trip with my son when he was eight years old. I bought a uh, a Beck Spider. You know what a Beck Spider is? I don't. It's a replica of a Porsche 550 Spider that was built by Chuck Beck, who's been a guest here on the show. He has built replicas for years. He does 904 Porsche replicas, very high-quality stuff. And it was a car that uh, another guest on Cars yeah, had built, John Wilhoyt, who restores old 356 Porsches. And he built that car using all Porsche parts. It's a, basically, it's a race car for the streets. It's a little car, small displacement, but it's completely open, no heat, no cooling, no radio, no top, open top car. And uh, my wow. son and I flew to Long Beach, California and drove 1,450 miles back here to Gig Harbor, Washington, up the West Coast um, in that car. In fact, I had to put a little cushion for him because you basically are sitting about five inches from the street. And right. he, he wasn't that big. So for him to be able to see out of the car, I tell you, that was one of those trips we still talk about. Um, and I don't think yeah. he's ever forgiven me for selling that car because he's <laughs> like, what? Uh, but uh, those trips you take with family and friends, it really isn't the car. It's the people we're around, right? Yeah. 
Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's yep. a wonderful thing. Well, I encourage you and anybody listening, if you have an opportunity to take one of your kids or a friend or something and go on a trip, and I just had this talk with a guy yesterday uh, recording a show, is it's the experience of the trip, not so much where you're going or even the car that you're in. It's the people. And that's what you remember. Right. When you think, when you think back, I know what it was. I was talking to a friend. We used to take drives from San Diego out to Yuma to the Colorado river and go uh, jet skiing and skiing on boats and inner tube floats. And we were talking about it and I said, I couldn't even remember all the, all the cars that we drove out there. Cause it was about a 17 mile ride on a dirt road. Uh-huh. Used to slide the cars around, you know, like rally drivers. But it was the people that we went with. Do you remember someone's? Oh, yeah. And remember him? And oh, yeah. I remember his girlfriend? And oh, da 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 da. So, yeah, it's those uh, journeys uh, that it's all yep. about. Well, you've exactly. taken us on a, uh, a wonderful drive today, Tim, and I'm really excited about this build you're doing for Joker. This is going to be so cool. And again, for you listeners, we'll put links on Tim's show notes page. Just go to Cars yeah, type in Tim Stevenson, and you can learn a lot more. If you have a way to be a part of this, you want to be a part of it, bring your business into the build, you can reach out to Tim. We'll put contact information. Before I let you go, could you share maybe a, a parting word of wisdom, a mantra, or some kind of a success quote that relates to what you're doing in life and cars? Yeah, uh, what I would say is don't be afraid to try things and don't be afraid to fail. Um, that's really how I've learned my way around these trucks is just getting in, jumping in, getting my hands dirty, uh, figuring things out. I'll try something. If it doesn't work, I'll talk to other people, get ideas and figure it out. Um, but having some failures has really, really helped me along the way. And I've probably learned a lot more from the failures than just getting by with successfully performing everything I do. You know, it's so true. The late, great Nicky Lauda, who was an F1 champion and uh, did some amazing things. He said that in an interview once. He said, I almost embrace my losses in racing more than my wins because I learned so much more from them every time I lose a race. Right. Yep. Pretty outstanding from a guy that you knew did not want to lose a race. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this, this past weekend at that event, my truck didn't perform as much as high as some people expected and had a lot of people say, Oh, it looks like it underperformed. But I was thrilled because a, I drove the truck home. That's the biggest success. But uh, it didn't perform how we may have liked, but that means I get to do some tuning and figure things out and play around with it. And um, if it had gone exactly how I wanted, what would I do this week? There'd be nothing to work on. You know? so, <laughs> exactly. Well, at least it didn't do like I've seen some of those dyno tests where the thing completely grenades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little frightening. Yeah. Uh, then you got to yeah call the wife and say, you need to come and get me. Exactly. We're not going to be driving back. <laughs> Bring a trailer. There you go. Well, how can people learn more about you and Decent Garage? Um, I'm on Instagram, Decent underscore Garage, and then YouTube, Decent Garage. And then I'm also on Facebook as Tim Stevenson, or I have a page for Decent Garage. And my email is decentgaragechannel at gmail.com. So at any of those places, you can learn about me and see things I'm working on and things I've worked on in the past and ask questions, whatever you want. All right. Reach out to Tim. Check out his YouTube page. You're going to have some fun. If you're into these types of vehicles, uh, you're going to learn a lot and uh, it's going to put a big smile on your face. And uh, a big thank you to our mutual friend, Jordan Smith, known as Joker. Thanks, Joker. 
Yeah, thank you. And uh, we want to wish him uh, best and safe travels. He's taken off here in September to Japan for a one-year deployment. So uh, he's going to be learning some Japanese and uh, uh, protecting the world from that side of the planet. So uh, best wishes to him. And best wishes to you, Tim. Until you and I talk again, I usually say I'll see you down the road, but I think I'm going to see you at SEMA in 2024. Let's plan on it. That'll be fun. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.